headed back in. Turned in! A second of the game for Van Veen, and he is loving it! Cornelius on the edge of the ball! Oh, How special is that for his first Motherwell goal? Slatnik and he shot away! It's a fantastic strike! And it's thundered in by Liam Grimshaw! What a moment for him! The fans' favourite! Hello and welcome to the MFC podcast. It's been just over two weeks since we last recorded and since then, well, everything's happened almost... A new manager in at Firth Park, a European exit, two league games, and I'm joined in the hottest day of the year by Pepe and Jaffa to go over. Wow, just an incredible couple of weeks. How's it going, guys? Well, good. Doing well, mate. Doing well. Good stuff. And I suppose the obvious place to start is round about midday today, Pepe, the announcement came from the club that Stevie Hamill will be the man that replaces Graham Alexander in the managerial position at Fir Park. The process hasn't been too long, it must be said. It appears that there was three candidates interviewed. We know that one of them was Simo Valakari. In the end, the club have opted for someone from within, obviously, Harold, the former head of the academy. I'm going to go into this in a bit more detail later on in the podcast, but what is your initial reaction to the news? Um, I kind of thought, personally, it was going to be Valakari. I almost took myself back to to when Keith Lashley was in charge and for the game against Hamilton and thought it's maybe just a wee bit early and I thought along some similar lines. Um but he certainly came across pretty well saying the right type of things. And as supporters I suppose it's our role now to, to get behind him. Um he has he is a club legend. I know that legend gets flung a bit, but he is. He's maybe just a wee bit younger than what we'd have thought. But but there's successful managers out there. They just need to be given that opportunity. Um, so I'll be feeling a bit behind them. I was a wee bit surprised that that maybe there was a more experienced number two coming in. Um, but obviously, him and Brian Kerr work well together. So I suppose overall, I'm happy enough with it. Um, if not, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed with it. But I'll, I'll definitely be 100% behind them. Jaffa, that seems to be the general consensus going on social media and such like. The the reaction has been a fairly positive one, though, of course, it's the, the usual question marks over a lack of experience. But the old adage kind of goes, you can't get experience unless you're given that opportunity. Exactly, mate. I don't know what social media you've been reading that it's been mainly positive that's not what I've been seeing but it's, I'm actually kind of quite happy with it um, obviously can thought Simo was was in pole position to get the to get the manager's job and I would have been quite happy with that but it's, I've got no idea what kind of manager he, he has been abroad um, but uh, I, I also I wasn't sure whether whether Hamill actually had any any aspirations to be a manager, uh, or whether he was going to be happy, um, sort of working at the working as the head of the, the youth academy. Um, but as 
kind of, as Pepe said, he, he's kind of said all the right things, and it's it's obviously he's he's in and around the club, so he's been watching what's happened. He kind of knows he's got an inside track of what's went wrong and what needs to be put right, and he's certainly got an inside track on on uh, on kind of the the players identified positions identified that he needs to he needs to get cover for. Um, so in that, I, I'm 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 behind it, kind of hundred percent. It's it's one of these strange ones. It's kind of always a, the way, sort of when when Mauro get a new manager in, it's like sort of as we've sort of seen in the past, we, we a couple of a couple of points come from left field. And the thing is, it's like it's always the same when a new manager gets brought in. It's it's people sort of point to experience and and that they are not a big enough name and kind of they haven't done enough in the game. But that's always going to be the case with a Mauro manager. It's like we're not kind of we're never going to bring in a Pep Guardiola or a Jose Mourinho, and it's kind of I've also seen that kind of a lot of people claiming that this is a cheap option, and it's like well, maybe it is, but it's like that's the that's the market we're in. Unfortunately, it's like the that was a thing that I I kind of started to worry worry about kind of what Simo's um, contract situation was with his current club and. How much compensation they would have been looking for if we were to if we were to to make the approach to get them. Um, I, I mean, all of these things factor in in the club because it's it's where a, a club that have got to very much watch the watch the pennies and pounds. So I always knew that it was probably going to be somebody that wasn't attached to a team that was going to get the job. So I'm perfectly happy with Stevie Hamill, um, and we'll we'll just need to give him a chance and see see how he gets on. Um, I mean. Kind of with football management, things can things can change very quickly, and it's uh, there's already been chat in my friends group that kind of um, that there's probably going to be sort of sacked by Christmas chat going on and stuff like that. But it's I, I'm I'm quite happy with it. It's he, he seems kind of fairly level headed, and as I said, he's got a, a basic understanding of the club and the needs that we we have to we we have to sort of um, address going forward. But I I'm quite happy with it, mate. Pepe, Jaffa makes a good point in the fact that Stevie Hamill knows the club. Of course he does. He was a player for so long, club hall of famer, head of the academy. I think there's two bits of positivity I can take from the appointment in the sense that he knows the youth academy so well. He'll know the young talents. Perhaps has built up a wee bit of frustration that some of his young players coming through haven't been given their opportunities in the first team. We always like to see a couple of our own breaking through and making an impact. It's a high-pressure game, of course it is, but the players on the park just now aren't delivering. The other element of it is that he's had a couple of games in charge in the league season as well. He's worked with these guys for the last two weeks. Does that help in the sense that he'll know where the deadwood is, the players that he needs to be trying to get out the door? And more importantly, the areas where he needs to strengthen, no matter whether these guys go or not. I think all these factors definitely have influenced the, the appointment. Um, I mean, in his interviews, he said that they've looked at the, the recruitment, but I think that is a really important aspect that we'll maybe, we'll maybe get a wee bit further. That Obviously, there's Nick Dawes. Nobody seems to have mentioned him. He, he never really seems to... To come to the um, the club, never really seem to mention him in the same vein as what they did with Martin Foyle. Um, in respect to the, the, I mean, we've seen already the 
but he's got faith in the youth now. Graham Alexander signed um, Robbie Mahon from obviously Bohemians, I think it was, was it? Or from Ireland anyway, um, and didn't see fit to play him. And the game on Saturday was crying out for a forward player, and, and Hamill had the faith in him to, to play him. I albeit he looked energetic with it, really exciting. Um, but it shows that he's willing to, to give that youth a chance. And it seems to be a lot of the time when when, when things aren't going great, you see a lot of shouts on social media, and and the crowd gave the youth a chance. So. So a lot of people are getting their wish. Well, I think they will um, with Stevie Hamill. And I think the only thing that, the, the main positive that I can see from it is it's going to attract players. It's going to be the difference. If that's Mother was going to be Mother's model. And certainly, reading between the lines, it, it, what he said in his interview today, that's what he wants. He wants to be the club that there's a clear pathway from the academy into the first team, which might have the likes of Bailey Rice, who went to, to Rangers, that may be the difference in keeping a player like that at, at, at Mullerow. Obviously, you're going to have, you've, you just need to look at our academy and Stuart McKinstry, um, Reese uh, McAleer, who, who was a revelation at Inverness last year, and obviously they went down to Norwich. So, so if, if, you can, if you can get these players first team opportunities, then who knows what it will bring. I mean, he's a Look at the, the the group he came through with. Um, so there's nobody else to pitch it than than, than Stevie Hamill. And I think the, the thing is, what's important is uh, we need to get behind him. Um, and in time in football, doesn't come free of charge because if we're sitting, I hate to be negative. If we're sitting bottom of the league at Christmas time, um, the, the the fans will, will vote with their feet and for Park will be an empty place which will affect the revenue so I think he'll get patience for a few months um, but I really really hope that he's a success Jeff we'll talk about his first game later on but in terms of the immediate future and Stevie Hamill mentioned in his interview for the club today that he's already identified some targets there's a plan in place already so where my concern was that we had maybe lost a week and a half of transfer activity, which is as the case, but at least we're we're not behind in terms of ideas. We've got some potential targets there. The club are going to face a wee bit of a hit here because we've allowed managers to bring in a number of his own staff. He's obviously left with a good bit of his contract still intact, with then having to to replace staff. The goalkeeping coach Andy Dibble left the other day. Now, I, th- I think that it will be the case that Scott Fox will replace him on a permanent basis and will try to, to almost promote from within. But it is going to be a costly process when it comes to replacing some of the players that are already there, getting rid of some of the players that are already there. That's another factor as to why I think we've opted for Stevie Hamill. For me, Seal Valakari coming in, there was every possibility that he was going to want to have a look at these players for a couple of weeks. By that point, you've only got a week left in the transfer window. You're you're also kind of risking the fact that you might decide to keep some of the guys that even us in the stands know are nowhere near good enough for Scottish Premiership football. I I, I would I would disagree with you slightly. It's I, I don't think that kind of we've lost 
a week and a half sort of looking at players because it's it's obviously sort of the overall the overall decision will be made by a manager, but it's obviously we've got a team in place to to actually sort of identify players, and it's like it's fairly obvious where the the positions that we were needing players to come in on. So I, I genuinely think that kind of even when when Hamill took over as a um, as a caretaker boss, it's he would have been speaking to the he'd have been speaking to that team and sort of saying who do you have for these positions, and it's it's now that he has been uh, given the, the post um, permanently that can I can he can say yes or no to these people. Um, it's, as I say that it's kind of usually. I think from what I've heard, from kind of what I can gather from people that I've spoke to in the past, it's kind of the, the boy, Sandy does, isn't it? Um, it's, I'm pretty sure he's got like maybe three or four left backs, three or four strikers, three or four kind of like wingers or whatever um, that that would maybe be available to us in our kind of price range. And it's then up to, to sort of Stevie Hamill to, to say, right, which ones are we going to approach? But it's, I think, obviously, because of the timing of Alexander leaving, and it's like everybody could see that those those spaces were working up for grabs. So it's, I think that there would have maybe even been a been a committee behind the scenes that would have said, right, well, we'll we really need we really need cover in this position, even if it's for a caretaker manager, because bringing a new manager in won't they won't have time to assess the squad and identify what the, what we need. We need to kind of say to them. Right, that's your squad, um, and it's you can maybe add one or two bodies, but I so I don't I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned about that, but it's hopefully kind of we can move quickly and and maybe sort of be in the pro. Obviously, kind of Hamill's interview. It seems as if he was he was appointed yesterday, so hopefully today sort of before he did all the press sort of things, we're already in the process of talking to to, to his targets, um, but. I, I disagree with you, Jaffa, totally. And I think Andy does make a good point. I've got a real concern with the recruitment team just now. I mean, I don't... Over the last few transfer windows, um, I just don't think it's been good enough. Any, If you look at Slattery, it's a decent enough signing. Van Veen was, was definitely Graham Alexander. That signed. There's none of them really jump out that I would say would get a big money move anywhere. And I would like to think this is where I'm interested to see. Hamill obviously has come in, and I don't think I think he's been pretty honest. Um, and he's his summary of what I was really surprised about was when he said, "Then you get the players fitter." That should be the type of the season when they're fitter, but that's a different argument. But. I would like to think that they've got their own their own targets as well. They've got enough their own contacts, and I'd be interested to see if Nick Dawes uh, stays at the club because he's a kind of a, obviously been on about the same kind of clubs as Alexander. Is that an Alexander appointment? And is there going to be a real shake up of the infrastructure to 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 to, to really take the club forward? So I think there's a bigger picture than, than having that team there because I don't think the team there has really been a, a success. So I would hope that Stevie Hamill has said I've got more on targets as well um, through through his contacts in football. And having the couple of weeks before, certainly he'll know 
Um, I mean, we'll see more Valakari know who. Uh, obviously, you'll know Oyala, um, but will he completely be aware of the likes of the caliber and again the 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 players that that haven't cut in the mustard? Um, and, I, and I think that's what what's going to be important that Hamill seems to be aware of where, where we're at at this current time. I I agree with you that kind of probably sort of the, the last couple of transfer windows haven't been great. Um, and sort of there's only one or two sort of that have come out, but it's, I mean, that's a, it's a thing sort of in the past that's we're kind of, we kind of work on a 50% strike rate of good and bad. Um, but kind of whether that's down to the manager's choice or whether that's down to the, the, the backroom staff, but you're absolutely right. I mean, can it may well be that Andy Dawes is, was Graham, as a Graham Alexander appointment, and he may not be there for the future, but. Um, obviously, sort of with, with Hamill having worked away on the youth side of things, he might have seen some guys coming through youth level who who maybe are sort of getting a game elsewhere and and has his own targets. But it's certainly it's certainly good that it's been done this early, and it will hopefully, can as I said, that I just hope that that can we have he has targets that he's uh, that he's working on signing just now and sort of can get them in at least over the weekend. To, to sort of start next week, if, if not for, for Saturday, because we're we're desperately short in a couple of positions, especially with the with injuries now kind of starting to mount as well. Um, but I did think it was sort of interesting when he did say that uh, about the fitness, because it's, I, I said kind of before the, the last time I was on here, I said kind of having been at the party game, they just didn't look ready for the season. And I, I think that was kind of sadly borne out in the, the Sligo games. Um, and obviously with what, what kind of Hamill has said that, that sort of seems to suggest as well that, that he had a problem with the with kind of how fit they are uh, coming back for pre-season but what do you think of the appointment Andy? Generally I would say that I'm I'm relatively happy I wouldn't say that any of the, the names mentioned over the course of the last week had me jumping for joy are absolutely thrilled but at the same time neither did Stephen Robinson neither did Graham Alexander, and in the months following those appointments, I think things did get better, of course, and we're going to talk about the kind of rapid decline under Graham Alexander, but I think it would be hard for anyone to argue that he didn't come in and keep the team in the league, and then made a bright start to the following season as well, so things did go in the right direction following the removal of a manager and the appointment of a new one. The then experience is a concern, but I think what he lacks in experience might actually be overruled by his experience of a mother football club, his relationships with people from within the club, and just a kind of general knowledge of the, the youth market as well. I'm sure Stevie Hamill has many, many dealings with a a wide range of players that maybe didn't come to Motherwell due to the fact that under Stephen Robinson, Latherley, and then also Graham Alexander throughout his tenure didn't get an opportunity. So I think that I think this is going to be seen as a change into the guard. And I now think that I think back to seasons, even the, the administration season, and we don't want a repeat of that. Of course, we don't. Not administration or finishing bottom of the league, but I think we will see. Young blood in the team, I think that will be exciting. 
I think we will see some emerging talents that will, will get the fans up for going to Fir Park. The one thing I'd say is going into the start of this season, I don't think I spoke to anyone that was excited or upbeat. Now we've got something to to be intrigued about, at least. I, I know you were saying that, and I would imagine that was on Facebook, that the reaction was, was fairly negative, but I thought on Twitter it was relatively balanced. There was quite a clamouring for Simo Valakari. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I could see the, the pluses for that, but at the same time, throwing in a guy that hasn't been involved in Scottish football for over 20 years, I thought that was hugely, hugely risky. And maybe not the kind of direction to go in when we just need someone to steady the ship and, and effectively achieve our objective of eight. We're only two games into the season and already I'm thinking, if we get to me and we're in 10th place, I'll be absolutely delighted. I don't know what you guys are thinking in terms of that. But I, I think the, the state that Graham Alexander left that playing squad in is almost unforgivable and it's a huge, huge task for anyone taking over. See, just in relation to Simo Valakari, um, see if Simo Valakari hadn't played for Mulro, um I know that he did, so it makes us a wee bit invalid, but I don't know if we'd have been clambering as much to, to get him. I mean, it, he's done well in Finland, but his record in Norway, he tried the same style of football and got, got the team relegated. It was relief for his, for his position. So when I read that, I thought, Oft. and then I get the fear of the, the, the Harry Campman uh, time where we had the likes of Mika Kevin and goals and we had uh, Rob Matai, Duisberg, Jan Michaels, all these players, Kai Niesenen, that, that it, it just didn't work. And I think that it was a gamble at the time where we really needed a wee bit of kind of a continuity, I think, now with, with the club. Stevie Hamill's continuity being the, the, the academy. So I can see definitely see the way we we're going. Um, I think when we're talking about the recruitment, what I'll be interested in over the next couple of weeks, if there's any any players head out the door, likes of Oyala, um, players like that, that, that I just don't think are good enough um, to make way to get replacements in. Um, so that'll be an interesting aspect in the next couple of weeks for me as well. Let's go all the way back to, well, a fortnight ago and how this situation unravelled and it did so very rapidly, as I've already alluded to earlier on. A 2-0 defeat against Sligo Rovers meant a really pathetic exit of the UEFA Conference League. Terrible performance. The team looked, quite frankly, disinterested. Uh, it was a, a real night to forget. Jaffa, I know you were there. We'll only talk about this briefly, but it felt from the goal after a couple of minutes from about 35 yards that the writing was on the wall for Graham Alexander. The fans turned very quickly. And although there were some attempts from the supporters to try and rouse the players, they were getting nothing back from the from the guys on the park. Into the second half, we, again, we didn't up the ante. The game was there because they weren't a good side. And I know we were going to give them faint praise ahead of the second leg, but we knew deep down that we should be beating Sligo Rovers. And I still maintain that. It was exemplified by the fact they went to Norway the following week. And I think they were 3-0 down after about 16 minutes. 
it was a tie we should have won, but it was a tie that completely escaped us in both legs. But the game in Ireland, there was no way back for Graham Alexander following that full-time whistle, was there? No, absolutely not. Um, but And you're absolutely right. And to be honest, it's kind of almost every Sligo fan that, that we spoke to over there uh, prior to the game uh, were all, had all pretty much conceded the game already and conceded the tie thinking that there was no way that kind of Motherwell could be that bad again. Um, and it was like, kind of, it was pretty, me and my mate were the only ones that were sort of saying, there's kind of, there's no way that we can have improved that much in a week. It's, we, we'll hopefully not play that badly again, but I don't see kind of, I can't see us coming over here and absolutely blitzing you because it's, that, that first leg was so bad. And it's when we, when we opened up, it was, Kind of the first goal, as you say, absolutely killed it. Um, and it was it was funny. Kind of, I was speaking to my mate as they were lining up to take the free kick and there was four of them over the ball. And I thought, why is there four of them around the ball? There's no way they're going to shoot from there. Um, and then kind of, there was no wall. And, kind of, and uh, Liam Kelly sort of chose to kind of cover a post rather than sort of stand in the middle of the goal. And it's, I mean, the boy will never have a better free kick, but it's... It was just poor all round, and it was just, it, it just sort of kind of summed up sort of the last six months of Graham Alexander's motherly career. Um, uh, just rubbish. I do really laugh to myself there because it sounded like you were about to call him Graham Kinnebrough, and that was after he called Nick Dawes, Sandy Dawes, and Andy Dawes already during this podcast. So that was nearly a hat trick for you there. Uh, but no, I, I completely agree. And, and Pepe. We, we tried to be positive about the, the fifth-place finish, and I suppose you've got to because European ventures, and in inverted commas, don't come about very often. We took a fantastic support over there. The hope was that we were going to go on and, and have a wee bit of a run. For it to end in that fashion, it's got to be right up there with a MIPA 47 or a Sterling-type result. I would say it was actually probably superseded those games. It's the worst result in my lifetime as a Mullerwell supporter. Um, it was an absolute embarrassment. Uh, there's nothing else you can say about it. They, obviously, getting beat with teams for Iceland and, and Finland um, were, were shocking, but getting beat when, with a team like that, I just couldn't believe it. And... Even when we, if you go, I can remember the Maple 47 game, we, we, we McCulloch had a, a ball that hurt the post in the last minute and we were close to getting through and showed a bit of fight and desire and determination to get through that game. And similar to the, the, the game away in Iceland, I think, which Stevie Hamill actually scored over there. Um, but we showed nothing. We showed absolutely nothing. There was no creativity. There was no desire. They looked half fit. They looked as if they, they, they weren't interested. Um, and I was actually glad that, that I hadn't even over and obviously I was more delighted that I hadn't booked the flights to, to Prague that I almost did um, before the home leg and sh- I mean on paper that, that game should have been Motherwell's easy and obviously we got beat with Clint and uh, at, at Airdrie we went down there and convincingly beat them um, down in, in Wales but they just the, the the real kind of concern was that we showed nothing, um, no fight, nothing at all, and I couldn't help but think there was more going on 
um, which will never come out. And I think that there's been kind of a rift in the, 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 the dressing room. It's not really... Obviously, Stephen O'Donnell's come out and, and said uh, bits and bobs and Wales that was... Report when he was reporting it, you, you read that he'd been stripped of the captaincy, and unless I had missed it, I wasn't aware that that had happened. Um, so there's obviously been some something serious enough to, 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 to do that, and that must have had a detrimental effect in the squad. Um, and hopefully, again, someday like Stephen Hamill will come in and be able to galvanize that squad by bringing some youth. Um, into it and some fresh faces and maybe in two or three weeks the, the, Sligo, the Sligo game will be a thing of the past and we don't ever need to think about it again And the day after the inevitable news broke that Graham Alexander had been relieved of his duties as Motherwell manager Pepe had kind of tried to sum up my thoughts on Graham Alexander's time at the club and again I'll, I'll go over it briefly, the, the fact that he came in and, and kept a team that looked destined for relegation in the league was a, a good feat. The start of last season, while it wasn't groundbreaking in any stretch of the imagination, we accumulated enough points to go into the, the winter break in fourth place. Things looked pretty rosy after that Livingston game in Boxing Day of last year. From there, it was a, a downward spiral and a, one that happened very, very quickly. He had completely lost the supporters he seemed to have lost some of the players. The recruitment was poor. It, it was a shame because as the, the statement that he released, I, I felt like it extenuated every positive that he, he had achieved during his time at Fuck Park. But at the same time, it, it's not it's not what you want. If the manager's struggling, then that inevitably means the team's struggling. So it was just a, a bit of a, a disappointing ending, really. It was, but I mean... It's, it's it's almost similar circumstances to what happened to him at Salford. Like, if you look at what he achieved there, but none of the fans were happy. The, the, Gary Neville would come out and said, and yeah, we've, we've qualified for Europe and he's got this uh, stat that you can't dispute that he's had the most points um, behind Rangers and Celtic and the, the calendar year that he's had but when I was on the, the Aberdeen podcast the other night I said I couldn't really remember last season many games that I actually enjoyed in the games that we did win even the ones at Pataudry where Van Veen scores a couple we, I don't like to say we were lucky to win because you need, you can only um, do what's in, play what's in front of you but we were never really convincing um, and even when we were doing it at the end of the season, your kind of highlights of the season, it was like beating Aberdeen in the, the kind of fourth round or the fifth round of the, of the Scottish Cup. So there was nothing really exciting. And the football was shite. Even when, if you look back to that Ross County game, yeah, we took up a, a big support, but we kind of scraped a, a, a penalty. Um, and the, the, the amount of chances that they had, it was just... I mean, I, I think that I was probably one of his biggest supporters. I quite liked him because I'd met him a few times and he was always, always at time and he was quite a personable guy. Um, always seemed to have time for, to, to stop him with a, a chat with supporters and stuff like that. But tactically, and when I watched the, 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 the Ross County, the, sorry, when the Sligo game, that was me. There was nothing. Um, and I don't, th I think when you look at that, the, 
he can turn the stats the other way. How can a manager survive when he's won five games in in for Boxing Day? It just was there was no way back at all. Um and I think everybody agreed in the end. And it sounds as if he thought the same but then he just didn't know where to, there was nowhere to turn. And Jaff, I imagine that you're not a million miles away in your assessment of Graham Alexander's time and with the club. No, no, I think sort of Pepe's Pepe's kind of bang on. It's as it one of those things though, it's like kind of speaking to, to fans of other clubs and stuff like that, and it's kind of some of them were quite surprised, but then when you kind of point out that how bad things had been since since Boxing Day, um, that kind of he probably only kept his job because, like for whatever reason, we we managed to to stay in the, the top six and sort of get into Europe, um, and that gave him that gave him a wee bit of a wee bit of a chance, but can obviously sort of. After those Sligo games, it's kind of I've said it's I always hate to see a mother old manager get sacked. I've never ever, I've never ever kind of been one to kind of to shout for a manager to get sacked because I've always got that kind of as a silly mother old fan. I've always got a belief that that the manager will turn it round. Um, but kind of I, I was saying kind of he should have been sacked at half time in the first leg because um, it was just it was just terrible. So of course you've had the Sligo defeat. You've then had that followed up by the sacking of the manager. Two days after that, the league opener at St Mern. It was one that filled me with a, a fair degree of trepidation. It was announced shortly after Graham Alexander's departure that Stevie Hamill and Brian Kerr would take the reins for that game. And it wasn't wholesale changes. There was a couple of changes to the, the starting lineup. It was a William Kelly-inspired performance that managed to get us the three points. Kevin Van Veen slotted away a penalty just before half-time for our goal, the only goal of the match. Pepe, we've talked so many times about the importance of Liam Kelly. I think Stevie Hamill owed him a few pints after that game because he certainly he certainly was the sole reason that he got off to a winning start as manager. Um, it, it certainly had a performance um, and I think that that performance kind of I took his press conference out of the equation but he had said about the kind of um, toxic levels of the abuse aimed at, at Graham Alexander and we've often said this uh, I don't like the personal abuse that some people get but I think he went a wee bit far with that and I was delighted with his response um, that Virtually won is the game. Um, it was a very kind of a similar Graham Alexander win. Uh, I've just discussed there, um, but it, it did show that that the dressing room seemed to be back, and it did give give us that wee boost. And it was great to to see um, the the academy graduate coming coming on keen um, to to make his debut. Um, and looking energetic at, at, at that, so that was kind of the pleasing thing. And what else I, I really liked was he could he could sense the kind of a the the will to win for the bench. I mean, I know we're going to go into the St. Johnston, but 
the, the way that they celebrated, you can see how much they want it. And I, I don't want to say, oh, it feels like they're one of us, but it feels as if maybe that feeling's going to come back a wee bit where where there is that wee bit more of a, a, a connect with the, with the management and the support and, and the squad. So so here's hoping that, that that's a kind of wee test of what we're going to see, although the performance level wasn't as good as what I thought it was made out to be. And another day, St Martin could have won that game. But the the, the football gods uh, seen it fit to, to give it to Muller that day. Jaffa, just a couple more points on the game. The importance of getting off to a, a winning start was absolutely massive for me. It looks like we've got a favourable kind of first half a dozen fixtures. Maybe Saturday's trip to Pataudry excluded, but there was games there that I thought we could and should take points from. After what had happened in Europe, as I say, I went in with a, a real feeling of dread. And of course, you've got four or five familiar faces within the St Man ranks as well. It went our way. Another kind of a controversial moment certainly was a, the most cut and dry red card that you're ever likely to see. A, an absolute shocking tackle by Ricky Lamy putting us under even more pressure for the final 10 minutes. It, it's something that we could really do without. Just that, I don't even want to call it over-enthusiasm. It just looks really careless and really sloppy just putting us so under the cosh when we needed it we needed to be the opposite we needed the ball up the park and to be kind of heading for the corners instead we just get pinned back further and further it made for a, a really nerve jangling last 10 and obviously it's ruled Ricky out in the next two games as well I, I definitely went into the game with exactly the same feeling as you obviously I'd, I'd sorted the, the, the St Mirren tickets out before I'd gone to Sligo and kind of after the Sligo game, I wasn't even sure whether I was going to go to the St Martin game, to be honest, um, despite having tickets. But uh, what I saw in the first 10 minutes, there was a couple of people who were sitting round about me who I'd seen in Sligo. And it was like we were all commenting that we played more football in the first 10 minutes of the St Martin game than we did over two legs against Sligo. So um, th- that was that was certainly a bonus. And um, I think you, you, you're up. Absolutely right. Can I, that it was a, a clear-cut red card for Rick Alami. Um I'm kind of hoping it was a it was a sort of desperation tackle, trying trying his hardest to sort of get rid of it rather than sort of being anything malicious in it and trying to injure the boy. Um, but can as you say, I think that it definitely put us under pressure for the last ten minutes. But kind of what it what it's also done is sort of were without his services for the the next two games, which which were obviously kind of absolutely key as as he sort of established himself as maybe probably the best centre half that we've got. Um but I it's it was pleasing to get the victory. Um, we went into the game with absolutely kind of zero expectations um given that sort of Stevie Hamill wouldn't have even had a chance to do a, a kind of training session with them. He would have only sort of had them sort of for a for a brief runabout on a on the Saturday before the game. Um, obviously after the game on Thursday night so came away absolutely delighted it was, we did sort of hang on kind of Liam Kelly sort of absolutely sort of came through for us I was a wee bit worried sort of as I said after the after the, the second leg of the Sligo game and kind of um, like the free kick goal that he gave away it's kind of I, I kind of think he's got to look at himself for that so when he came through and 
obviously won't pay for Seed about kind of his interview after after this live game and after kind of Alexander gets sacked, sort of basically blaming the fans for it. It's like I, I don't know that kind of that was that was the wise move, but kind of it was a, an inspired display, um, and it's what what we'd come to expect from him. So that was really good. But I it's it was just a massive three points given, as you said, the kind of all the familiar faces in, in their ranks. I thought it was kind of set up for a for a, a kind of last minute Richard Tate kind of winner. So um, I, I was just delighted to come away with three points at the end. See, I've got a different opinion to you, Andy, with the red card. I've got obviously you don't want your your player getting sent off, but I would rather he get sent off with the you can see the, the determination. The grit to, to win that ball and maybe that has resulted in it being reckless. But I still seen that he was committed. I would rather that he get a red card for than than kicking the ball away, descent, something that you control. He just wanted to win that ball. And I don't want to take that out of anybody's game. Yeah, perhaps me. I, I just thought that the timing of it really could have proven costly. Of course it didn't. And I wanted to ask you another question on the, the build-up to the St. Man game, and both of you have mentioned it already. That Liam Kelly's press conference didn't go down well whatsoever with large sections of the supporters, some of them reading it as they're travelling back from a, an expensive trip to Ireland where the team hadn't performed. There was a, a talk about the need for togetherness, a talk for the need for the fans to be on the team's side. Did you see more of that at St Mern, Jaffa, in terms of the supporters kind of rallying around the team, knowing that they were backs against the wall and given who the manager was as well? Do you feel that kind of increased the atmosphere and increased the players' kind of response as a result? Definitely, mate. Definitely. I was I was a bit worried, sort of sort of given given something that um before the game and um, what the what the atmosphere was going to be. Obviously, after the after the disappointment of Slime game, but kind of, um, I think with the the appointment of the caretaker Stevie Hamill, it was the the crowd. It was quite a big travelling support that, that turned out, and kind of they pretty much got behind the behind the team from the from them being out warming up, um, and got right behind the manager. Uh, so kind of obviously that I think that that played a part as well, um, and. Aye, it's. I, I was a wee bit surprised to be honest. It's. I kind of thought there would maybe be, there would maybe be a wee bit of sort of, a wee bit of the thing that that Liam Kelly had had talked about. I thought that would stoke a bit of that up, but it wasn't. It wasn't nothing that I saw when I was at, at, at St Mirren. Kind of that there wasn't any of that. So uh, I think kind of they got a hundred percent backing for the crowd. I also think that there's got to be a bit of credit given to Stevie Hamill for after the game. Because without leaving Liam Kelly out, hanging him out to dry, basically, Stevie Hamill said, no, hold on, now the fans for this club are, are, are excellent. And he, I mean, who else is going to say it? it was somebody that's played almost 500 times for the club. Um, and I thought his, his post-match interview or his, and his pre-match interviews were, were excellent for St Mern. Um, for somebody who we're calling inexperienced and I think that goes to show probably why the club and I think you're right Andy I think that the, the, the manager has certainly 
brought everybody a wee bit closer together and there's a wee bit of kind of right, let's keep, we're all one big community club and, and he's trying to sell that so I think all these factors have added up and the more that sometimes when you come onto these podcasts and you actually sit and talk about it I'm actually probably more positive about the appointment now when, when I start to see it particularly when I've just seen the, the, the post that Mother's put on with, with all the different strips that Stevie Hamill is wore with, with, with Mother's it's quite a uh, a nice graphic that you then moved on to Stevie Hamill's first game in charge at Fur Park, albeit on a temporary basis at that point. St Johnston, the visitors, they take the lead in the first half. We get back into the game in injury time, an own goal. I know Stephen O'Donnell looked like he wanted to claim it back in the game at 1 1, but somehow managed to, to succumb to a 94th minute goal by Stevie May. St Johnston, who were really down in their luck and looked like dead certs for relegation, given their, their second half of last season and how they started this season as well with the, the Premier Sports Cup and then losing a late goal themselves to Hibs in the opening day. They leave for, for part with all three points. And while I, I talked about how good a result it was at St Man, this kind of turns it on its head and makes it almost less significant, that result at St Man. And I say that because after getting the three points, I'm thinking, right, we, we might have a bonus point here, at least one bonus point. We might have three bonus points. And suddenly you're already six points ahead of St Johnston, six points ahead of St Man. But instead, we managed to succumb to a 94th minute goal. And at that point, Jaffa, I thought it was a real, real hammer blow for Stevie Hamill's aspirations to become manager. It was the great, it was the great, um, kind of the... The first half performance was very reminiscent of of an Alexander performance, but kind of um, fair play to, to Stevie Hamill. He, he sort of he was bold in making two substitutions at half time, um, and kind of and looked as if he, he'd sort of changed the game. We did come into it a bit in the second half, and obviously sort of we, we were kind of plodding away and plodding away, and maybe got lucky with the with the own goal equaliser, but. It was criminal defending. It's obviously kind of it comes from a corner, but we've cleared the corner, and then everybody just sort of seems to stream out the box, and nobody thinks this could come back in here, and we need to sort of we need to we need to be marking men, and that's obviously what what ultimately undone is. It was it was a very very poor poor goal to lose on, and did feel like a hammer blow, and and did sort of kind of think is this a is that it for for Stevie Hamill's hopes, but um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it was disappointing. It was disappointing, but kind of it's as you said, kind of it could have given us that that springboard to to go into so much better and kind of be be six points kind of clear of where we thought we would maybe be sort of going after the after the European games, but um, obviously kind of it didn't affect his chances and sort of hopefully kind of. Hopefully, every day now sort of buys into it. He's got another week to another week to work in the, the team and sort of put that to bed, and and we don't have to we don't have to sort of worry about that again. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't a great it wasn't a great sort of performance to kind of by the team kind of defending that corner um, in the ninety fourth minute to lose that goal. It's just criminal. But Pepe, did you see enough positives from the the first two games, or, or did you see? enough improved performances from certain individuals in these first two games under Stevie Hamill that is maybe 
turn you around on them and thinks that they're maybe worth a, a second chance. There's a few that I've kind of made my mind up on, I must say. Uh, particularly Joe Efford, who I think has really struggled basically since he's come in. Um, but there's, there's three or four more that I would happily see the back of right now. On the other hand, is there anyone that's kind of played in the last two games that's caught your eye and you think that's that's worthy of staying when you maybe didn't think that was the case even two or three weeks ago? No, I mean, thing is, no, I don't, I don't think any, I don't think any of the performances have been great. I said that, but about St Martin, I still I don't think that I think if I was a St Martin fan, I would have left the game. Thinking, how did we not come away with at least a point with some of the chances that we had? Um, St Johnston, I thought in the second half we certainly improved. They didn't create much, um, but if you go for, I mean, I, I quite like McGinn, but I don't think he's any better than, than, than O'Donnell. And I, I actually quite, I thought Donald done all right at left back. But our two centre-halves, I just don't think they're good enough. McGabby had a good few months and I don't want to go back to um, to being the completely negative voice about about Bevis McGabby. Maybe this can through a confidence spot, but it seems to be now that he's he's, he's having really poor errors every, every, uh, every week. Barry Maguire... Look, he's a product of the, to the, of the academy. Is he good enough? I don't think so. Um, I don't think he, I think he tries. I think he's fit. Um, and you go at the forward line, and you're completely right. Shields, effort. So, so I could go on. Even Van Veen has been. He scored a penalty. I don't remember him having many other other chances. Um, so for me, I've, I've, I've virtually slated the full team there. Um, but until Stevie Hamill gets some more personnel in, um, whether that be from the youth or whether it's going to be um, signings, which we need ASAP, um, then we can start to judge. But there's nobody apart from Liam Kelly um, that's really been outstanding or, or or improved in the two games that I could see. I don't know if yourself and Jaffa think any different. Um, and that's probably why I thought Stevie Hamill maybe wouldn't have got the job. I was totally agreeing with you. I thought when that goal went in at the end, I thought that was the end of that kind of a um the, the chance that he that he had. And I think maybe a wee bit of him thought that. Um but listen, he's here now um and it's really up to the players that are there to try and play for their future. But as I said earlier on in the, the, the podcast, I think it's quite important that a few of these players, they only his players, is there a chance that he could move them on? There's a lot of business to be done there, whether it can be done in this window or whether we need to wait until the January window, we'll just need to wait and see. But I think there's quite a lot of deadwood there. And I've mentioned a lot of the players and there's probably more that I just can't think of off the top of my head. I must confess, I was struggling as well, but I'm kind of looking through the squad just now. And yeah, there's... There's possibly more that I would get rid of than I would keep right now, and that's quite that's quite a harrowing prospect for for the weeks ahead. It's going to be a massive task trying to get some of these guys off the books, especially when we've been giving out such unrealistic contracts. Really, you look, you look at someone like Yanni Ayala, for example, someone that has such a history of injuries. Why were we giving him such a 
an extended period of time as a contract? Do you not test the waters and see what he's like? Were, were we buying a Finnish international that, and we thought, right, within a year here, we're going to be selling this guy on? Surely we're going to be a bit more in-depth there. I'm not really having it when you look at the the history of Yanni Ayala. He's got a real reputation for being injury-prone. So it's not the case that he's just come to Motherwell and been really, really unlucky. It's just kind of been par for the course throughout his career. So I, I think we need to be more streetwise when it comes to, to some of these contracts. Now, there's obviously another way of looking at it in terms of some of the guys we've got in in a year or two years and we're on the risk of losing them. But at the same time, you've got guys like Kevin Van Veen, for instance, where there was a bit of interest and we tied him up onto a new deal. That was generally, at that time, was was a good bit of news. I know that his performances haven't set the world alight in the first couple of weeks of the season, but we know what we can get from him on his day. Yeah, I, I think it's almost kind of test the waters and then act rather than just diving in feet first. And we've done that too many times. That's going to make it so difficult to get rid of so many of these players. I, I, even in terms of the summer signings, I, I thought Josh Morris, for what it's worth, looked all right in the first game against Sligo. He's been downhill since then, and I really don't know. It was very much an Alexander signing, that, wasn't it? You've got a guy just in the door, and already you're wanting him straight back out the door. It's... Uh, it's got to be a massive, massive headache and what a massive challenge it is as well for a manager just in the door to, to make these wholesale changes. I don't think that realistically we're going to manage to get all the business we want to get done. And by that, I mean ins and outs over the course of the next two days, uh, two weeks and six days. No, I don't think I don't think that the timescale of that is going to be able to get ready all of the players that we've mentioned and bring it's, it's, it's not going to be possible um, I think realistically if we could get maybe a couple of the players off the books I don't think we can really Josh Morris hasn't really had a chance and I don't think he's played in his natural position which I think is um, playing in the left of the midfield um, and he's been forced up front because we've not got a uh, attack minded players to, to, to fall in uh, and I think that's part of, part of the problem so I, th- I think it's probably unfair to say we're wanting him out the door I don't think that he's had any opportunity and he's obviously taken off at half time um, because he wasn't, he wasn't doing it on uh, Saturday but I think the, the most important thing at the moment is that we get players in and um, to, to, to fill the positions where we, we all know we need a left back O'Donnell can play there we, we need a winger we need a striker we need a centre half and if we get them in maybe get one out the door and if players aren't playing then hopefully by January um, there'll be enough time to get them out um, I think it's the sh- what was interesting Stevie Hamill's interview is is that there's a short term uh, plan to, 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 to improve um, so at least Stevie Hamill is aware of that um, and hopefully he's given the backing of the board to, to, to get this, his project off the ground. So we now move on to Aberdeen on Saturday. It's a big game, of course it is. Aberdeen have got off to a fantastic start. 
two wins from two. So they'll be full of cut. They've not won two from two. So we now move on to Aberdeen on Saturday. Massive game. Aberdeen got a really quite impressive victory over St Mirren, albeit St Mirren were down to 10 men for the majority of the game last weekend. Jaffa, in terms of the way the fixtures have fallen, Stevie Hamill possibly would have liked a, an easier start, if you will, but certainly we can draw in some of the results against Aberdeen last season if we're looking for a wee bit of inspiration, obviously winning at Petaudry, winning at Fir Park as well, a draw at Fir Park and then a victory over them in the Scottish Cup. So they'll not be relishing coming up against Motherwell, I wouldn't imagine, but um, it's one they'll see as three points and one that we just, I think we'll be looking for a performance more than anything else. I definitely, that's that's what I'm looking for is just a, it's just a performance. But can I, we have... Can I, isn't it just last season? It's can I, we've we've had a, a decent record over Aberdeen in the last couple of seasons, and it's a lot of them. Uh, there was a lot of sort of performances that have came on the back of us being terrible. Um, I, I can remember can I would cannot be unbeaten three nothing, and wondering where that that performance came from because there been there'd been no signs of it in the, the weeks previous to it. Um, so. So you go up with more hope than expectation, but the the thing that I would I would like to see is kind of rather than than sticking to the Alexander game plan of the four three three, which we don't have the players to play. Um, I would like to see is sort of try something different, um, which maybe sort of maybe play the strengths of some of the guys who maybe haven't had kind of haven't had a, a run at things and. And I've maybe had to sort of play slightly out of position, as as Pepe sort of mentioned. It's it's I've kind of I've always sort of thought that we discussed this coming back from Sligo that kind of we actually feel that there's a a decent spine of a team there, and it's just sort of getting players to play around about them. But um, ah, you go into the, you go into the game just hoping for a hoping for a performance, hoping that kind of another week kind of working with with Stevie Hamill this week. Um, it brings the mood sort of slightly back a wee bit better than, than it's been and kind of um, you just grant it and sort of hope hope the performance is there and to kick us forward for for the, the coming weeks but um, I, I'm not going into it sort of thinking we're definitely going to win but I'm certainly not going into it thinking oh, Aberdeen, are, Aberdeen are a powerhouse in this league it's kind of they're definitely beatable but um, we'll just see what, what the kind of performance is like I think we've got a I would like. I think the chances are increased if we get um, a player in um, to bolster the attack. Um, I really do. I think that that will be a big factor. And uh, just jumping back, sorry. One um, thing that I noticed on, on Saturday was that Stevie Hamill moved the dugouts back, which was a bit pleasing, if not a wee bit confusing at times, because I still looked at the the other dugout um, for substitutions and stuff like that. Um, and then I get confused again on on, on Saturday, and also the because I'm sitting right down the front, the the, the down, so it was a completely different viewpoint for for Fir Park again. Um, so that was another change that that that, that he's made um, straight away. So fair play to him for that too. Finish up. We kind of let's go full circle, and we'll discuss Stevie Hamill again. Pepe, you already mentioned there that you're hoping to see a new face in as soon as tomorrow, if possible and I'm sure that the club will be working around the clock to try and get these new faces integrated into the squad and get them signed up as soon as possible 
what are you hoping to see for the first week if Stevie Hamill's tenure as manager? He's obviously discussed the the importance of strengthening the squad. We've now got a, a situation as well where we don't have a head of a academy. I would imagine there'll be an appointment forthcoming there. There's still question marks over those that are left over from Graham Alexander's time as well. What What's the the priority list or how does it look like from your perspective? The priority list's got to be um, that we get players in. That's uh, If the club don't stay in the, the, the Premier League, then the academy can't be sustained to the level that, that it's currently at. We bring players in, um, attracting players in. So the, the, the priority is going to be the first team in the short term. It might be that we need to sign some experienced players to come in there to complement the young players. Um, in relation to the academy, I know David Clarkson's still there, so I would imagine that, that it's in capable hands. We, we him and Brian Carroll still dip, dip in. I would quite like to see uh, somebody coming in uh, with a wee bit of experience um, kind of club management day-to-day running to, to, to help um, Stevie Hamill. But I don't think that's going to be a priority in the first week. I think the first week is really just hopefully getting a player in, getting a good positive performance and result against Aberdeen. And then we've got a, a, a game at home. He really welcome Stevie Hamill as the manager at, at home um, against Livingston. And really, as you've said... When you look at the start to the season, it's been quite favourable. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it now that we know who the manager is. Um, and I, I don't think there's much that you can expect in the first week. We're not going to, we're not going to get a full new squad. I suppose all I'm looking for is an improvement um, and enjoyment back. And and if we get that, then I'm happy. What about yourself, Jaffa? I'm much the same as Pepe. It's kind of. Looking to see new faces come in, um, it's kind of. I, I definitely think kind of if we can get if we get somebody in the door either tonight or tomorrow would be would be a major boost for Saturday. But kind of certainly kind of the the positions that we've we've discussed already they, they need they need bodies just to play in those positions, um, so that we haven't got we haven't got kind of games where where the guys haven't play out of position where kind of they're susceptible to mistakes because it's um it's just positions that they don't naturally play but um I kind of as I, I was I agreed with Pepe as well that it's, it's a decent game for for Hamill for his first first home game um in permanent charge against Livingston that that's another big opportunity to put points on the board but um I just kind of fairly positive about things now kind of after being being in the depths after Sligo, it's it's the, the positivity's coming back and actually sort of looking forward to the season rather than kind of dreading Saturday coming now. So, hi. Do you know, another, another positive I've got, not just for the, the coming week, is that I've often said that uh, I get a bit frustrated with the lack of coverage of the, the under-18s, under-20s, whatever, whatever they are. Now, I know that we, we were unfortunate against East Coast Bride the other night, but I'm quite looking forward to seeing... The, the, the young players progressing through and, and playing in a kind of competitive, albeit reserve league. Um, and then if there is players that are not getting game time or coming back from a long-term injury that need game time, for example, 
Oyala might go out and play at one of these games. We've not really seen too much of Ross Tierney, as I've already said. Robbie Mahon, I think is how we pronounce it. Um, so I think that's a real positive as well. And the fact that we've got the right man in the dugout that knows these players inside out. And if there is a player that's performing well, then if the fans are clambering for it to... If you go back to the days of Turnbull, Campbell, um, we were all shouting for them to get a, 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 a shot in the first team. I don't think that we'll need to be shouting much because I think Stevie Hamill will be there to, to put them straight into it. And it'll be good to see, have that kind of a viewpoint that we're able to see us. Our academy players coming through. I mean, uh, the, the boy uh, David Devine has been kicking about Mulro for a good couple of years. I, I, I can't. I, I don't even know if I've seen him playing. I think he's in his mid thirties now. <laughs> he got said off on Tuesday night. Aye, uh, but that's my point, though. Do you know what I mean? We've got this boy that's obviously done enough to, to earn new contracts, but I know he's had a couple of spell. He's had at least one spell out in loan. But see now that we're going to be able to see it and you can go up to East Kilbride and watch the games and stuff like that. Um, certainly for, for me and for putting a lot on a lot of endeavour into getting our academy to be in the shape that it is, then I think that's going to be a massive positive um, going forward. It's a positive that the reserve league has come back this, this year for what it is though. It's like it's, it's only a nine-game season. Um, so you, if you want to see them, you need to go up quick. That, that's it. And I suppose having a dedicated park, I know it's, it would be nice if it was at the games were at Fat Park, but you know where all the games are going to take place. They'll, they'll take place at K Park, uh, Home to Bride. It's not a massive joint for those that want to take the game in. I was kind of hoping to go in on Tuesday night, but didn't make it. Uh, but by all accounts, the, the team put in a pretty respectable showing. And, you look at the results from that competition as well. I think it was a basically a 50-50 split in terms of Premiership teams going through or Colts teams going through and Colts teams going out. So I don't think we can read too much into the result. It's just more getting that experience and also getting them playing in front of crowds because given the pandemic and the stop of reserve football and possibly even before that for the guys like Divine, they'll never really have played in front of a crowd. So I think that kind of takes away a lot of the pressure of playing. So they'll be playing in a more natural environment as to what they'll be playing at should they break through into the first team. I I, I was I, I went up I went up on Tuesday um to the Midgey Dome. Uh, kind of Midgey's ruined the game to be honest. But uh I, I it was to be honest, it was a mirror of kind of it was a mirror of Alexander's team we lost a goal in the first minute and lost a goal in injury time um, which was was disappointing but they, they played in spells they played really well there was a kind of the second half kind of we, we should have we should have done more than, than just kind of score a penalty Tierney hit the post with a free kick and um, had a, a, a few good touches in the second half Robbie Mahone sort of played but kind of it was the boy Keane Spears was a standout kind of and the uh, the boy at left back who was on the bench uh, against St Johnson, the uh, Wilson, I think his name is. Uh, he looked quite good as well. Um, but as they, they came out to start the game, you could see it was very much men against boys. Yes, I think that's pretty much all we've got for tonight. I know we've, we've covered a hell of a lot over the last hour or so. Thank you very much for your time. No bother. Thanks again. Cheers, boys. 
You've been listening to the MFC podcast. We'll not leave it two weeks till the next time because you never know how much can happen in that time. Until then, thank you and goodbye.